Hey Now and welcome to the City Off Campus with your two favorite hosts, Sammy Sommerfeld and Jack McFarland. We've got a special guest today. We've got Iowa Hawkeye kicker and captain Keith Duncan on the show today. How are things with you, Keith? What's your reaction to um, the big news? Yeah, it's uh, everything is going pretty well right now. Um, obviously, really excited. Uh, things are going to start to pick up pretty soon, so the team's really excited. But that's that's about it. We're just full of excitement and ready to go. How have you been staying kind of in season mode with this kind of like off season random? You know, in between, it's canceled. It might come back. How have you kind of stayed mentally and physically prepared? It's been difficult for sure. Uh, luckily, I play a position where I don't really need to, you know, like tackle or anything like that. Uh, but it's it's definitely kind of taxing on your body and, you know, the mental aspect of it. Uh, one of the big things that I kept telling myself was that we basically get an, an extra offseason to prepare. So this should benefit us coming back into the season. So that's one thing that, uh, you know, we, we kind of talked about and we tried to keep in our minds going into this extra break. What's a day in the life during a, a postponed, like the postponed season that you guys have been going through? What's a day in the life look like for you? It's fairly light, um, surprisingly. So we it's we have three different lift groups. You know, there's obviously a lot of COVID precautions that go on. So we have to spread out our lift groups a lot. Uh, we're only allowed to lift with certain people based on who we live with or who we're usually around, just to limit contact tracing. But, you know, yeah, we're up, we, we work out for about an hour and a half, lift pretty heavy. Uh, and that's, that's basically it. We, we go to class and maybe have a meeting or two um, during the week. But there, there wasn't much, you know, the, the one thing that we were trying to stay away or, uh, or stay away from was injuries. So we didn't want to, you know, go all out uh, when we didn't even know that we were going to play yet. So we were trying to stay away from the injuries, being smart about that, but also trying to improve at the same time. So as a captain of the team and as a leader, how have you tried to keep the team unified and kind of mentally motivated during this time to either keep training, stay in shape, or just know that they have to be prepared for whatever's to come? Yeah, it's definitely tough, especially when we were told that we we're going to play and then all of a sudden we're not. And when we see other teams play on TV this, this past week, that's obviously tough. One thing that we do well as a program is we have an off-season competition where um, the captains and leaders on the team draft uh, you know, the guys, um, you know, the, the rest of the players, and we have an off-season competition. Um, we get points based off of, like, strength uh, accomplishments, uh, you know, doing the right thing, good grades, showing up on time, making body weights, and then vice versa. You lose points for not showing up on time, missing body weights. Um, any negative, you know, thing that kind of comes to the team, you'll lose points for. And that's kind of kept guys in the mindset of, you know, the, a competition mindset. Um, and also, you know, being ready for the season. How did you guys hear the news? Like, what what went through? Because I'm sure, like, we're in the age of social media. Everyone was just on Twitter or something and read a, a post here or listened to the video from the Nebraska president on the hot mic. How did you guys officially hear that this was all going to come back? Yeah, well, I mean, we've all we've obviously seen all the stuff on Twitter. Uh, we, we heard about the Nebraska hot mic stuff, but we didn't know exactly what to believe. We heard yes and no for the last couple of months and it's kind of been annoying going back and forth with stuff uh, but we yeah we were lifting this morning and Tyler Lenderbaum came in and told us that we were playing so that that kind of caused uh, you know some, some motivation throughout the 
what was what was like the immediate reaction it wasn't just like an aw cool like what was the actual reaction like when he came in and said that i think like spencer petrus started screaming and running around and everyone's like what's going on and then like <laughs> he told everyone uh but then you know it was just good news uh it's fun but it was more of like a okay it's it's real now like let's start to collect some football so what are you looking forward to with this strange big 10 season as a leader and captain and what are kind of the expectations you set for yourself and for the team? It's definitely going to be, you know, weird one, not playing in front of a packed uh, field and two with these new precautions that go around and three with the new schedule, you know, we're only playing, I think nine confirmed games as of now. Uh, I could be wrong on that, but it's, it's, it's definitely going to be different, but it's also exciting. Uh, You know, our mentality is going to be the best team that handles this process is going to come out on top. And we feel very confident, and that's going to be us. Uh, you know, we take pride in our discipline. We also take pride in, you know, how we work. So that's that's going to benefit us a lot. Have you guys looked at any other professional or college teams that have kind of handled themselves during um, the pandemic and have competed at a high level and kind of molded any of your um, team goals or, you know, motivations or work ethic kind of from those yeah I know a lot of the coaches kind of talk back and forth whether it be Big Ten to Big Ten or Big Ten SEC whoever it is um, the coaches kind of bounce ideas around each other um, and you know yeah we get some information through that um, I, I, I wouldn't say like there's been a specific school that we've been in contact with or took something from them uh, but but we've definitely improved off some of the things that other schools have told us it's again, it's it's different. Iowa City is different than Madison, which is different than Lincoln. So it, there's a lot of stuff that goes on, uh, but we're just trying to do the best that we can. So for someone like you, who being a kicker, you have to be in a routine all the time, trying to keep everything as uh, normal, I guess, when you go out there to kick. With no fans, like you mentioned, how big of a difference is it going to be for you to kind of try to zone out the there, there is literally no white noise. Like there is nothing going on. Like what's it going to be for you to get past that hurdle? If there is even is a hurdle for you to get past, because as a kicker, you got thousands and thousands of people screaming at you and booing you and whatnot. You're pretty used to it. You compartmentalize that pretty easily, but like, what about now when there's no one? Yeah, it's going to be interesting for sure. It's part of the, you know, stuff that we're going to have to get used to. I really like having fans in the stadium, and I'm going to miss that a lot. I love hearing chatter from whether it's good or bad. It's it's part of football, and that's what makes the sport fun. But it's definitely going to be something that we're going to have to get used to mentally. Uh, one of the things that we like to do is start off the game fast, and without that crowd noise that we can have in Kinnick, it, it could be different. So, we're again, it's going to take some getting used to, but I'm very confident in you know, how, how we do things here. Uh, we like to be prepared for anything that, that's going to come our way, and I think we do a very good job with that. But, yeah, having no fans, it's, it's almost going to be like a practice. So, so getting ready mentally is definitely going to be a challenge, but definitely something that we can do. You know, you're in a very different position this year than you were last year coming into the season. You know, you have the accolades of being an All-American, being first-team Big Ten, and having some of those, you know, milestones and accomplishments. So what were your goals going into last season, and what's changed going into this season for you? Um, I wouldn't say, like, my goals have changed. I would say maybe maybe they have. My mentality going into a field goal, every single field goal, is to make the most of my opportunity. Uh, one thing, and to, you know, go through my routine correctly. One thing that 
like I, I won't beat myself up on is I have a great kick and went through my routine properly. And I liked, you know, how everything went, but I missed the kick. Sometimes you miss just like golfers. Sometimes I hit bad shots. One thing that I will beat myself up on is not going for my routine, not being and then missing. The kick. Even if making the kick, I'm going to be like, wow, I remember not going for my routine. I should be better with that. So that's, you know, personally, that's, that's kind of where I'm at. I like to just make the most of my opportunities. And I'd say for the team, we're, we're basically the same. We have the same mentality for that. Um, again, we have, there's a lot of uncertainties going into the season, but what we're trying to do is make the most of our opportunities. Yeah. So what is your routine when you go into a kick? What goes through your mind? What are you trying to focus up on? Or are you thinking at all? Kind of walk us through that. It's, it's actually, I'm, I'm a very loose kicker. I know a lot of guys are, there's other guys that are extremely not uptight, but they're, you know, very strict in how they do things. I'm very loose. I have different routines. Like I have a script written down for different circumstances, whether it be like a home warm game, home cold game, away two minute drill, away first half, that all that kind of stuff. I have different scripts written down for that. Uh, but they, those are like huge for me. Um, you know, I, I pride myself in how I do things um, with my routine. And I believe that's why, um, you know, I can make kicks. Um, you know, we have a very successful uh, field goal operation. That's because the holder, snapper, and the line. And all that coming together is, is how you create a, you know, a successful team. Um, but, yeah, I think going back to, I guess, the what are our team goals, I think a big one for us is trying to get to the Big Ten Championship. Um, that's, that's one of the big things that we've, we've kind of set our minds to. And we, we believe that we, we can do that this year. We have, you know, we respect our opponents, have a very different schedule, but we believe that we are, again, mentally and physically tougher than our, our opponents. So did you, uh, did you draft a fantasy football team during this little hiatus of actually playing football? I've actually never really gotten into fantasy. I'm super just bad at keeping up with it. Um, if I were to, I think, like, I know quarterback, I'd probably try to get Russell Wilson, and then kicker would be Justin Tucker. Other than that, it's kind of a free reign. But I've never really been a fantasy football guy. I kind of like keeping up with with, uh, with the stats and stuff. But week to week, I'd, I mean, I, I've been – I've drafted a fantasy football team one time, and I forgot that, like, four of my starters were, like, on a bye week. So that's kind of how, how it goes for me. But, <laughs> Yeah. Being from Texas and North Carolina and kind of kicking in those climates and those conditions, how different has that been kicking in Iowa or how has it helped you um, kick at a higher level in Iowa City? It's definitely been different, but I think it has helped me. Uh, yeah, Texas and North Carolina, I was very privileged with that weather. It's so nice to just go out there in a nice 75 to 90 degree weather um, with barely any wind and just hammer in 50 yarders, but, you know, coming to the Midwest, it's, it's definitely difficult. Uh, the stadiums are built different. So the wind patterns are, are different. Uh, but, you know, going through that process allows you to grow as a kicker. Um, potentially for the next level, it's great to have that in your bag. Great to say, you know, I've kicked in the Midwest. I've kicked in the snow. I've kicked in extreme wind, extreme rain. That, that sort of stuff's fun and why you want to play the sport. Um, there, it's definitely a challenge, but it's a, it's a good challenge and something that will make you grow as a person as well as a player. Yeah, what's your furthest in-game field goal, and what's your furthest practice field goal? 
for this in game field goals of 49. I think I had like four. Like, I'm just waiting for an opportunity to kick a 50 yarder. Because, um, like, yeah, Keith, you haven't kicked a 50 yarder. I'm like, yeah, I've had like <laughs> six that have been from like 47, 48, and 49. So I'm, I'm hoping for an opportunity there. Um, in practice, it depends on, again, the wind. Um, but I feel confident, like 55, 60, I feel fairly confident. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see. How confident are you in uh, carrying out a fake if coach called it? Like, do you have a script written up for that? We have, we have some tricks up our sleeve. I'll say that. But <laughs> I, I'm ready to throw, run, catch, whatever. <laughs> That's a good answer. Yeah. Swiss Army knife at kicker. <laughs> so this summer you've been pretty active on Twitter. A lot of Hawks fans have seen. So I had a few questions about a few of your tweets I found a little questionable. So the first one being New York pizza over Chicago pizza. Please explain that to us. Okay, so I may be completely wrong on this. I was mainly going for the deep dish pizza. I just hate deep dish pizza. Like, so we were at the pinstripe bowl and we like obviously had to try some pizza there. Yeah. Pizza is phenomenal. Like you can only like the slices are like half the size of your, or I guess the size of your face and you get one slice for like maybe a dollar and you're full. Um, it's so good. Like, I don't know what it is, but it's so good. And then Chicago pizza. I'm just not a big fan of all the sauce on it. That's, that's okay, so you're a light sauce guy. Light sauce guy. I like thin pizza. What about Midwest Thin? How does that compare to New York Thin? If you compare the thins. I don't know. If it's been a while. I, I mean, any, any, thin pit, any thin pizza I'm a, I'm a fairly big fan of. It's really hard to mess up pizza. But I just remember going in New York City, like having – going into just a huge – like just <laughs> – there were like eight sweaty Italians behind <laughs> – making pizza like there's nothing better than that i think it was the experience that made the pizza a little bit better but it was so good, so Where, good. where's your go-to pizza place in iowa city or where are some of your favorite spots to go get a good meal i think poly eyes i hope i'm pronouncing that right yeah i don't even know i pronounce it a different way too but it's like yeah i'm gonna say poly eyes it's really good um and also maggie's which is right down the road from stella on melrose i'm fairly but it's it's very good they have really thin pizza but they are it's phenomenal um yeah i'm i'm open to uh new pizzas and new places but those are those are my spots right now okay another tweet i had to ask you about is your will ferrell movie list yep. and i will admit it's a pretty strong list but the one thing i think that's a little too low is you have elf at four and mm -hmm. talladega nights at two I think it should have been, you know. What's at three? What's at three? Uh, he has stepbrothers at three, and then one is All kicking right. and screaming, which I agree with at All number right. one. Great movie. Okay. But how didn't Elf make the top three? I understand stepbrothers being in top three. Totally agree. Yeah. But it's Talladega Nights that threw me off I could there. also see how this argument, Sam, can go your way just because Elf is a Christmas classic. It is. Yeah. See, that's, that's kind of where I love Elf. And it's one of my favorite movies of all time, but it's only, it feels to me like it's only a Christmas time movie. And that's why I had to drop it. Okay. I, I feel that, but also like, you know, Elf is one of those movies too, where you're just like, if you want a Christmas movie in March, might as well pop it in. It's like Elf and Home Alone, like all of the Home Alones, I have to watch yearly, but <laughs> it's not like one of the things like, you know, in the summer, let's just watch Elf. So that's, that's why it dropped a little bit low, but you know, it's, it's one of my all time favorites. 
Okay. Fair reasoning. I had to get an answer on that. Yeah. I mean, that's a great question. I got some heat for that. <laughs> Another question I have for you is what is your favorite Iowa State memory? Going back to football for a minute. Favorite Iowa State memory? Um, it would have to be this past year, just with all the weather delays. There was one field goal. I can't remember which delay it was because there was like four and they lasted like three hours. Um, but I had like, it was like the 39, 40 yarder, something like that on the left hash. Maybe it was going into halftime. And I remember there was like a huge, like two foot spot of just a mud pile where I was supposed to be kicking at. And I like looked over to the sideline at Coach Woods, who's our special teams coach. I'm like, uh, like, what do you want me to do? I'm not going to make a goal. It's going to be right here. Um, so like we just had to adjust and move the spot over. And I think we were, instead of being eight yards back, we were like eight and a half yards back and over to the right, like a fairly good amount. And I was just like, fingers crossed. They don't see it because they could easily block this um, from, from the, the right side. But that was, that was one thing that I'll remember uh, from Iowa State. And Amir's catching overtime. That was really fun. Um, I love, I, I think I would rather win at Iowa State than Iowa. Just because, like, hearing the dead <laughs> silence in the fans after the game is great. Like, we have – we drive in on the bus, and, like, you have moms with their, like, carrying their kids and strollers, like, pause, take their hands off the stroller and, like, give you the double bird. I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> These people are serious about this. <laughs> oh, so, so I was going to add to that. So do you enjoy being the villain or the hero in a game? Oh, so he loves you, being the villain. So I, that – I love being the villain. It's – it's fun. I mean, it's again, it's college, it's college sports. So there's a, the rivalries are very intense, uh, which is why I love college uh, sports so much. Uh, you know, people are extremely passionate about their schools, especially Iowa, Iowa State. There's no professional mm -hmm. team. So, you know, everyone, the, the smart people root for Iowa and then the others will root for Iowa State or you and I, whatever. But um, yeah, I love just the passion in the fans. It's, it's great to see that. Um, I love that we have an in-state rival like Iowa State and then other close rivals, Wisconsin, Nebraska, uh, Minnesota. So those are, those are great places to play at. I love playing them. It's so much fun, um, and I'm excited for it this year. I got to ask, if we're speaking on being the villain, is, is that kind of what inspired the blowing of the kiss last year? Yeah. Well, I don't know if I've actually told anyone this story. Um, I actually – I have, I have like no problem with Nebraska. Again, I we like we respect them. We like love playing them. Like in pre games, like one of their coaches who I guess is not there anymore. Uh, there's just like some common courtesy that you do with like kickers. Like if if I'm at this spot, the other kickers at this spot, vice versa, we'll switch. And one of their coaches just kept standing right in front of us. And I'm like, sir, can you please move? And he like wouldn't move. He like I remember him like looking back. Like he definitely heard me, and then just turn turn back around. I was like, well, if he's not going to move, he may get hit in the head with a ball. So <laughs> I snap it, and we snap it, and of course he moved to the side, and then he went and stood next to our punter. So it's like just some, I guess, some gamesmanship you you could say. But I mean, if if you play the gamesmanship card, then you could get something else thrown your way, and I guess that's what happened. But um, yeah, it's it's fun. Again, college sports. That's that's how that's how it goes, and it's fun. What was the better moment for you personally? Was it the Nebraska game or was it the game early on in your career at Michigan? I would have to say Nebraska just because Michigan, I was a freshman. I had no idea what the atmosphere was like. It just happened so quickly. I remember the only thing I really remember was going on the bike at Michigan 
going out in the field, kicking, and then everything was like dark. I remember blacking out, waking up, and then I was getting interviewed by Samantha Ponder, and that was basically that. <laughs> um, but like Nebraska, I remember like, yeah, walking out into the field, like very slow, just taking in the atmosphere. It was quiet. Um, got super loud, kicked one, timeout. I, I remember like, it, I remember it very vividly. Um, some of their D linemen like said some words, you know, back back toward our direction. Um, then we did it again. And yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. Just right off my foot, I knew it was going in and then got dead silent in the stadium. It was a lot of fun. Is that, is that like an every kind, every time kind of thing where you just immediately make contact with the ball and know if it's going to go in or not? It's just a feeling thing. Usually. Yeah. Um, obviously if there's extreme wind, I remember my Northwestern miss that I had, I thought I hit it really well. I thought it went dead straight and then it curved off to the right. And I was like, what? Um, but, but usually, yes, again, I relate it to golf or any other sport. You just have that feeling that, that, you know, it's going to be good. So I would, yeah, short answer. Yes. Who are some of the Hawkeyes that you, you know, who have played before you that you've looked up to and um, have you taken anything from, previous teams that you've applied to leading the team or to your own game personally? Yeah, personally in my own game, obviously Nate Kading, the best kicker here of all time. Um, we're still in contact with him. He gives us tips. Um, and it's not just kicking tips, it's mental. And that's usually the, the coaches that we talk to. That's, that's their main thing that they hit on is the mental aspect of the game. You know, we're all different in how we kick, how we throw, how we catch, but there is, you know, a very, unique type of way to kind of go about games. Um, having that mental aspect of the game is really what I noticed was a big change for me personally, going from freshman to senior year, uh, you know, going out, going out in the field freshman year, I had in my head, like, don't miss, don't miss, don't miss. But now senior year, I'm like, I just want the opportunity to kick. Uh, so, so just that little mindset was just huge for me hearing from Kading, Marshall Kane, even Miguel most recently. Mike Meyer I've talked to, uh, you know, I've talked to, to multiple kickers and punters as well as, you know, other position players, Dallas Clark. One of the things that he tells us is the only players that can have a perfect game are kickers. And I always like kind of jab at him for that. Like, well, it's not technically true. Like we can always have a better kick. Um, but there's, it, it's, it's really cool. You know, Iowa is such a great community. People love the Hawkeyes again former alumni that have played here love coming back and they do that because again, they love the program. They love coach parents and how we do things here. And that's just speaks volumes. Yeah. Speaking of the fans and, you know, the culture of Hawkeye nation, what is your favorite Hawkeye tradition and what's a favorite moment with a fan, you know, inside Kinnick, or it could be you're out on the town in Iowa city or in New York for the pinstripe bowl. Like what are some of those moments like for you? Um, I'm going to, obviously the wave's a great tradition, uh, but I'm going to, I guess, make it more personal. And I'd go with the kids captain um, for those kids that just like being able to actually walk out on the field with, with the captains is, is great. I think it's awesome. It, I, I've never been able to do it. I'm not, I haven't been a senior yet, um, but it's, you know, talking to the guys that have been a part of that, it's, it's great for you know them to experience that. We're very privileged in what we do. We respect the fact that you know we play for a great university. Uh, we're very fortunate with you know the food that we get, the resources that we have, um, and we understand that there's some kids that don't have that opportunity. Um, you know, across the street in the Children's Hospital, most of those kids just had no opportunity to even be where we are at. Um, and I think that's you know speaks volumes 
um, you know, Coach Ferentz brings it up weekly of how fortunate we are. Because, um, you know, it's, it's super easy to come into a hard lift and say, great, we have squats today, you're great, we have this hard run. But, you know, there's kids across the street that are saying, oh, I have to go through my second round of chemotherapy. And that's kind of just shocking, like, wow. Like, they're fighting for their lives and we're playing a football game. Um, so that's, that's huge. Um, and go, one of, the, one of the things that uh, is a funny story, I was, I was, when they redid the turf in Kinnick, I guess this is a story where I connected with a fan one time. They're redoing the, the turf in Kinnick and it was super like locked down. Like no one could get in. You're an FBI agent. I swear they would kick you out. <laughs> um, but somehow I snuck in and like wanted to kick so bad because we had a game soon. I'm like, I need to get like used to this turf. So, so I started kicking and I saw a kid like on the field. I'm like, who is this kid and how do you get in? And so I went up and talked to him. He goes, yeah, we were just driving by. It was him and his dad. He's like, yeah, we were just driving by and, you know, we love the Hawks. We're from out of town. And we saw the gate was open. So he came and ran on the field. I'm like, wow, okay. Maybe illegal, but congrats to you for getting in. And I was like, yeah, you guys want to go tour our football facility? And we spent like two hours, an hour and a half just in the football, football facility. I was showing him around. And, uh, yeah, just having a good time. It's just those little things um, that you can do for kids. They, they really remember that stuff, um, you know, especially for, I guess, any age group. It's fun for people to go through that. Um, again, I go to the football facility every single day and sometimes take it for granted. So, you know, doing those little things, kind of, I got to take a step back and see how fortunate I am to be in uh, the spot that I'm in. Did you ever have a moment like that, kid, where you met someone like in your position or someone who was a, who inspired you, like a kicker who was early, early on in your journey that kind of gave you a, a, a foundation to hope and strive for? Um, I've actually had that question a lot, and I can't like I never really had anyone that I was like, wow, I really look up to him. I, I looked up to I guess certain teams, like I was a big UNC basketball fan, and they were really good. Um, yeah, I never really had like a certain, I was a fan of certain kickers. Again, I started kicking when I was in my freshman year of high school. So I had really had no, I had no idea what I was going to do in college, whether it was soccer, football. Um, but yeah, like coming into college was like the real, was like the first time I like actually was like, wow, there's people that are really good at this sport. So I, so going through position studies, I, I learned some, some people that have just done the right thing. Um, Obviously, Vinatieri is one. Justin Tucker is another one. Guys like those, uh, those guys who have really done the right thing and have been in the league for so long are really good guys to look up to. What about Robbie Gold? I'm just gonna say, what about <laughs> Robbie Gold? I feel like I'm a Bears fan. Yeah, I, I mean, I. So Bradley Pinion, he's the punter for the Bucks now, but he was with the 49ers with Robbie Gold. And I've got some connections to him. He's kicks with my kicking coach back in Charlotte. Um, he said like Robbie's a great guy. He's teaching me some of his tips. Um, yeah, Robbie's a, a legend. Not only like what I want some of Robbie's tips. Like what makes Robbie so damn good? I think he just has has fun with it. Like yeah. he's just like, if I miss, I miss. If I make it, sweet. And I think that's that's a great mindset to have. Not yeah. only, but he's also, you know, just a legend in that position and what he does. Who are some coaches that have personally impacted you significantly since you've stepped? Um, on campus? Um, honestly, every coach has been great. Um, specifically, I think Coach Woods, our special teams coach, I've had a great personal relationship with him. Um, he's a coach, but also a friend. We've had 
great talks, especially this last year with, um, you know, the social injustice that was going on. We've had just very deep, uncomfortable, but great conversations. Um, and that's been great, you know, for me just to open my mind a little bit, um, but also for, you know, our team. Like we have a lot of guys that, like for me, I grew up in a very white town and now coming to the University of Iowa, you know, I've got, you know, so many teammates that have come from different cultures, different backgrounds that, you know, I realize that everyone's different, but that's a great thing to learn from. It's a, you know, great thing to talk about and yeah, just experience with everyone. Yeah. Speaking of teammates, who are some of your favorite teammates during your tenure and um, what are some of the most memorable moments with them or any roommates or any roommate stories or anything like that? So I lived with TJ Hawkinson for his three, four years that he was here. <laughs> and he would literally go through a dozen eggs every single morning. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, you <laughs> Would he put anything in the eggs or is it just eggs? Just eggs. He'd break them open, put them in a pan, stir them, and he'd eat them. No cheese, <laughs> no pepper, nothing. He would just eat them. Um, one thing that I've, I guess, learned with living with like three linebackers now, him, TJ, a huge tight end, and some other guys, like there's a lot of people that just, I guess, 98% of the people on our team eat for fuel and not eat for taste. Uh, so that's, I guess, one big thing that I was kind of used to because I'm like, yeah, like this steak. It tastes very good instead of having like chicken rice. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a good one. Um, you know, specialists, I guess, like having Tyler Kluver um, and all those guys, Colton Rastetter, all the guys that have graduated. We do a thing, uh, pregame meals every Friday. We play this game called Categories. People have different names for it, but we'll kind of go around in circles, like in a very fast pace with Coach Woods. And if you like mess something up, you're out and then it just goes from like eight guys to seven guys to six guys and then we finally have a winner it's it's the final groupings if it's when there's two people left we go with our last category is always people on the team so you have to like look the guy straight in the eyes and just like go first name last name with people on the team and how like my strategy is like let's say I'm going up against Caleb Shudak I'll start the first name the first name I'll go with is Caleb Shudak and he's just busted so so that's just kind of a <laughs> Some of the fun stuff that we go through. Um, yeah, just the little things like that I'll always remember. And, um, again, very fortunate to be in the position that I'm in. How hard is it to kick an onside kick? Because there's so many casual fans out there that sit there and say, like, why the hell aren't we just kicking an onside, recovering it, and fighting to see, like, this next drive? Yeah. From a kicker, like, how hard is it to really kick an onside kick? I mean, it's, it's difficult, especially with – there's different turf, grass – all the circumstances that go on with that, um, how the other teams lined up, it's it's crazy. As you say, Pinnick, we have thicker turf, but when we go to Minnesota, they have thinner turf, so the ball bounces differently. So there's a lot of stuff that you have to take into account, um, different types of onside kicks. It's difficult. <laughs> it's definitely something that's great to have in your, your bag of tricks, but it, it's it's difficult. It's no walk in the park, but it's it's definitely, again, something great to have. Like how, how often do you practice an onside kick? We go every we, – we do every week. Pooch um, kicks, good kicks, onside kicks. Uh, we'll get those in at least once every week, sometimes two. Um, but, yeah, it's, it, it's fun, but it, it's hard. It's tricky. You talked about freshman year. Um, freshman year, you, you know, like going into a game, you kind of told yourself don't miss, and you kind of had those nerves and kind of put that pressure on yourself. 
did sitting out for two years help you kind of mature mentally um, to mentally prepare yourself before last season and this season you're going to have this year or um, what kind of changed in the two years that you kind of went without playing? Yeah, 100%. Uh, definitely allowed me to mature a little bit, not only as a person, but as a player. Uh, allowed me to kind of, it was the first time I've never not started a game. It was my sophomore year. I started freshman year of high school varsity up until my last senior senior game. Um, and just kind of like taking a step back and I guess seeing how, you know, whether it be like warm-ups, like what can I do better here? First quarter, how can I be better? Second quarter, how can I be better? And just making mental notes of it and also writing that stuff down. Um, it allowed me to mature as a kicker and that helped out tremendously. Seeing Miguel, how he went about things. He's an older guy. I learned from him, talked to other players on the team and, and did that. It was, it was great to, you know, it, it helped me. I, I don't think I'd be in the position that I am now if it, if it wasn't for that. Um, again, going to away games was great to me just like sit back and take in everything. Uh, that was huge because now if I go to an away game and there's a crazy environment, I'm used to that environment. And again, that, that helped out so much. In team meetings, are you kind of one of the guys like a quarterback's expected to, to take a lot of notes? Um, when you have meetings or are you kind of a guy that just listens and then when you go out on the field, you kind of know what to do um, to prepare for games? Yeah, one, one thing that I really like is we have a future Hall of Fame college football coach. You know, he's been our head coach for, I think, 21 years, 22 now. I don't know. I'm kind of mistaken with the season. <laughs> um, but he's a phenomenal coach, a phenomenal person, and there's always something to learn from. Um, most of the stuff that he – says in our team meetings has nothing to do it's not related to football at all um, it's just life lessons which ends up coming back to football um, and that's stuff that I will always write down I have a full journal of coach parents quotes lessons as well as our guest speakers that come in um, that's again some of the stuff that I live by that's impacted my life and I hope to not only spread that those messages but also you know future generations um, you know, if I have kids or, or stuff like that, that's some of the life lessons. Being an old guy on the team now, what have you seen, you know, in the eyes of a senior leader um, with the young guys coming in? What are you trying to instill with them as a captain and as a teammate? And do you think in the last few years you've been a Hawkeye, the types of players coming in have changed at all with social media, with things like that, kind of growing up with it more of being more on it you know when they commit to a team they always you know post things like that so what have you kind of done that's changed um over time as a hawk it's funny you say that there's always a lot of social media hype and i think a lot of guys like social media but you know once they get here it's like oh i play for iowa football and like it's it's serious um i remember being a freshman i was like the least recruited freshman ever <laughs> and i don't think anyone knew my name but i was walking by our players lounge one time and cj bethard like was one of, again, like top players on our team, great leader. He's like, hey, Keith, you want to come play some ping pong? I was like, like, who are you talking to? Um, so that's one of the things, again, like I'll always remember. Um, just something little that he probably doesn't even remember was huge to me. And thinking about that, like thinking about the freshmen that just came in, like they came into a really, really weird situation. Usually they come in in the summer and they're taking classes. This year they couldn't. I mean, you know, there weren't any classes. They can't go out in public, really. They have to literally go to football and come back in the dorms. And that's what they do for the day. So that's that's crazy to think about. So, you know, as leaders, as older guys, 
you know, we try to reach out to the freshmen or younger guys as much as possible. We have, uh, you know, mentor-mentee program. We try to eat with them. We try to, you know, just kind of teach them what Iowa football is all about because, again, it's it's tough. Now we, like, we aren't able to – they aren't able to get the full experiences, you know, as, as we did. So, again, it's, it's difficult, but it's something that, uh, that we'll get through. Yeah, and a few final questions that I have for you is what's your favorite thing about being in Iowa, living in Iowa, living in Iowa City? What have you kind of taken advantage of of – being in the Midwest during your time here and kind of, yeah, some of your highlights. Yeah. When I think of, I guess, Iowa, it's just a lot of like wholesome fun and great people. Um, I, yeah, like lived in two big cities, Dallas and Charlotte and now coming to Iowa, obviously it's not as large, but the people are great. So nice. Um, and it's, yeah, like let's all get together and have some fun. It's, not like, oh, we have to go to a nice restaurant. We have to go spend hundreds of dollars to have a great night. Like these, like the people here are just a lot of fun, great people. They'll do anything to help anyone, um, except if they're from Nebraska. But <laughs> it's, yeah, no, I was great. Um, I could definitely see myself living here post-graduation. Um, and yeah, it's just a lot of fun. The season you had last year. When it all wrapped up, what kind of went through your mind when you've reflected back on that? Were you just, you know, full of pride? Were you, did you kind of ignore it and just say, that doesn't matter, I'm moving on to my next season? Or kind of how did you enjoy it, but how did you also stay focused on, you know, your future success and future goals? For sure. Um, there's always like a reflection process, I would say, after a year, whether you play, don't play, have a good year, have a bad year. There's always something that you can learn from and always something that you can improve on. Um, yeah, for me, like, I missed five kicks last year. Obviously, I don't want to miss any kicks. So I can obviously have something to improve on. Uh, reflecting back, I've watched every single one of my kicks, um, gone through my routines, and have learned from those routines. Um, but, yeah, there's that, that's kind of the, the fun part of football is, again, there's always something to improve on. You can never be perfect, even though Dallas Clark says that we can. You can never be perfect. And, uh, yeah, again, there's there's always some learning to do. Um, and I think a great part of, I guess, my position is I, I can learn from different positions, linebackers, tight ends, quarterbacks. They all have a unique way of going about things, but there's always something that we can pick off from. You mentioned earlier that you were a fan of um, North Carolina basketball, right? So how could you compare or contrast the rivalry that Iowa and Iowa State have with the UNC Duke one that you grew up around? That's a good, that's a good question. I would say Iowa and Iowa State is more – know if severe is the right way but it's more intense I guess you could say um more hatred a lot of I would say the, the majority of North Carolina just doesn't like Duke because no one from North Carolina can get in there they always take out of state kids um it's always just North Carolina basketball like their football team's eh uh or sorry Duke it's always just Duke basketball their football team's eh um it's but it, it's it's a fun rivalry there's again like NC State as well um you know there's so many small schools, UNC Wilmington, NC A&T, ECU. Um, but, you know, it's not like Iowa, Iowa State, where it's literally half, well, I'll say 70% of the state's Iowa, 25 is Iowa State, and the other five is like UNI or Lawrence or whatever, like uh, those, those other smaller schools. Um, but I've definitely noticed, like, when we are having a football game or basketball game, Twitter is intense and <laughs> fun. It's fun to see that stuff. Um, cause you know, people, 
whether they hate each other or not, we're getting along and there's something that we can do together to enjoy a day. And I think that's great. My final question for you is what is advice you'd like to give your future self for this upcoming season? And what is advice you'd like to give to freshmen coming to IC to fight for a spot? Yeah. So for the freshmen, I would just say, I mean, I was in that position one time again, you can, everyone's treated the same on the team, which is great. You can be bottom of the barrel or a five-star, whoever, and everyone's going to have a fair shot to play. You can be a walk-on like me and, again, have a fair shot to play, which I think is great and speaks to the culture of how we do things here. Um, and it comes back to the opportunities. Make the most of your opportunities. And that would, you know, trickle into, you know, me telling my future self um, what to do is make the most of your opportunities. Never get down on yourself and always do the right thing. I think those, the, those three things are little, but they're also huge and a great way to live by, not only athletically, but just as a person. Well, we really appreciate you coming on the podcast today. Um, I know it took some time, but we're glad we had you on. And um, yeah, and Jack, do you want to close out the show? Yeah, and also I just wanted to say, speak for the rest of Iowa City, we are damn glad that we get to see a season. We're so excited to see you guys. You kick especially, but to see the rest of the team perform, it's going to be a really exciting season. But as always, guys, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can find our socials through Twitter and Instagram. Uh, definitely not going to be the same time, but same place. We will see you guys later.